Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on this Thursday. I hope that everybody is having a great day as we have got a jammed pack show. Just a reminder that you are listening to this show on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. As I don't have a guest today, these shows where I typically don't have a guest, I try to cover as much sports as as I can in the Chattahoochee Valley. We did have a lot of action down in Columbus and in LaGrange. Let's start with the high school basketball playoffs. Uh, Playoffs? For Region 2 4A, for the girls and the boys. The girls were playing at Troop County yesterday. Spencer gets the 57-35 victory over the Shaw Raiders and Troop County with some home cooking, beating Kendrick 71-48. Over on the boys' side down at Hardaway High School in Columbus, you had Hardaway defending their home court, beating the Cherokees of Kendrick 77-59, and Shaw gets a big win over the Columbus Blue Devils 72-54. And so the stage is now set. The final four for both the girls and the boys. Let's start with the girls. It'll be hosted at Carver High School. The overall number one seed, Carver Tigers, trying to duplicate their state title from 2019. The Carver Tigers will take on Spencer as that rivalry renewed at Carver High School this Friday night. So come on out to Carver High School and see some exciting playoff girls high school basketball action. Troop County gets a big win over Kendrick, and Troop County will take on the Hardaway Lady Hawks. So over at Spencer High School, you have Spencer is the overall number one seed taking on the Hardaway Hawks. And then you have the Shaw Raiders taking on the LaGrange Grangers. LaGrange is the number two seed. So those games will happen on Friday at Spencer High School. Now the championship games and the consolation games will take place on Saturday starting at one at Spencer High School. So it is always good to cover local sports here in Columbus. We did have a lot of local sports to talk about, including the Columbus State baseball team, now 7-1, blowing out Tuskegee University 15 to nothing. I happened to be in attendance at that game. That was my first Columbus State baseball game, and that was exciting as Chandler Reen gets the victory in a bullpen session. But how about the bat of Win Johns? Three for four with five RBIs, three home runs. I happened to catch his two-run blast in the bottom of the seventh inning. It was a towering blast over the left field fence. It was amazing. If you haven't been to a Columbus State baseball game, and I don't know if Major 
League Baseball is going to play. They're not even doing spring training right now. If you want to see an exciting baseball game, then Columbus State's where it's at. Second baseman Derek Weil, it leads the team with a 419 batting average. And this Columbus State baseball team, ranked 12th in the NCAA Division II, is for real. They will take on Catwamba College up in North Carolina this weekend for a three-game series. How about the Columbus State softball team? 4-4 four and four on the season after sweeping Union University over the weekend, 5-4 to four and 6 nothing, and they will take on Auburn at Montgomery. So good luck to the Columbus State softball team. Moving on to LaGrange baseball as they are 3-0 and o after coming from behind on Tuesday night to defeat Barry College, and they got a three-game series this weekend at the Cleveland Field at Williamson Stadium against Spalding University. Congratulations to Kyle Brown. Not only did he win USA South Player of the Week, he scored a career-high 31 points as the LaGrange Panthers men's basketball team defeats Huntington 94-75. LaGrange is now 14-10 on the season and 9-2 in the USA South, and they will travel to take on Brevard this weekend. The Lady Panthers got an 80 to 70 victory over Huntington as Gracie Brunel scored 19 points and the Lady Panthers are 15 to 9 overall and 10 and 5 in the USA South. Moving on to Columbus State Lady Cougars as they got a much needed victory over Georgia Southwestern at the Storm Dome in America's Georgia, taking on their geographical rival just up the road. 73 to 63 in overtime. The Hurricanes of Georgia Southwestern University was the number one team in the Peach Belt. So they took them down. They are now 14 and 11 overall and 7 and 8 in the Peach Belt. And don't forget this weekend at the Lumpkin Center. It's senior night as they will take on North Georgia College for the final home game of this season. The Columbus State Cougars got a much-needed victory over Georgia Southwestern University, 97-71, thanks to 19 points by Hunter Preston. And the Cougars are 17-8 overall and 8-7 in the Peach Belt Conference. And they also will play North Georgia College this weekend as it will be senior night. Going to honor several seniors like Hunter Preston, who's actually back for a sixth year of eligibility. Because of COVID last year, all the players who are seniors have an extra year of eligibility. So it's great that the Cougars can have that senior leadership. And Hunter Preston, Christian Chambers, they've all been great this year for the Columbus State Cougars. And they are a resilient team. Head coach Ron Moore has got them playing at a high level and I really appreciate just them coming together especially with the tragedy of Anthony Moore they've really come together and they have been a team and they have really impressed me all year and I really enjoy listening to the broadcast by Scott Miller I know he's going to transition over to baseball I'm looking forward to him making the play-by-play for baseball I had a chance to meet the public address announcer for Columbus State Baseball and we talked a little bit about the baseball broadcast as I'm trying to make that transition to be the public address announcer for Russell County Baseball. And it was just a great moment. I just enjoyed going out to the game and just networking and just talking to some of the staff. Well, don't call it a comeback. The former National Arena League MVP, Mason Espinoza, he's returning to the Columbus Lions. That is huge. 
for the Columbus Lions as they will open the season April 23rd against the Carolina Cobras. And I know that head coach Jason Gibson has got that team playing at a high level. I believe Espinoza gives the Lions that experience they need at quarterback. And it's great to see him back in the Fountain City. I'm wishing the Columbus Lions a successful season. I really appreciate everything that the Columbus Lions have done. I'm hoping to come out to a couple of games this year as indoor football is always exciting. And hopefully I could get Mason Espinosa on the podcast. Eh, that's wishful thinking. But we, my goal, as we have the four professional sports teams in Columbus, my goal is to get all four players from the four professional teams on the podcast. I've tried to get Jay Croup. I'd like still like to get Jay Croup on the podcast from the River Dragons. Olivia Gerald from the Columbus Rapids. I would like to get Clay Weatherly on the podcast. He's the outstanding pitcher for the Columbus Chattahoots. And of course, Mason Espinoza. I'll make sure to reach out to him now that I'm following him on Twitter to see if he would like to be a guest on the podcast. Winter Olympics update for the 2022 Beijing Olympics. Your leading medal count. Norway's got 29 medals, followed by the Russia Olympic Committee with 24, and Germany has 22. The United States has 21 medals. The USA women's hockey team failed to defeat from Team Canada 3-2 in the gold medal match, and so Canada wins the gold and the USA women's hockey team wins the silver. They could not repeat as gold medal winners as when they won the gold medal in 2018 in Pyeongchang. Congratulations to Smith Station for defeating Jefferson Davis in the AHSAA high school state playoffs for the state of Alabama, and they will take on Enterprise next Tuesday, February 22nd, as Enterprise was able to get by Auburn 50-31. to So they will play that second-round game. Good luck to the Smith Station Panthers. They've had a very successful season. We had some upsets in college basketball last night as Rutgers is pleading their case to be a bubble team in this NCAA tournament by upsetting Illinois 70-59. to You also had Auburn beating Vanderbilt 94-80. to and they are 24-2 and two as they continue their home winning streak. Jabari Smith, who's projected to be the number one draft pick in the NBA, had 31 points. Vanderbilt, who's led by head coach Jerry Stackhouse, falls to 13-12. and 12, And he has them playing hard. It was a very close game in the first half, but Auburn was able to survive. Scottie Pippen Jr. for the Vanderbilt Commodores had 29 points, and the Auburn Tigers will travel to Gainesville this Saturday to take on the Florida Gators, who is considered a bubble team. They are one of the teams that are in the last four out. If Florida is able to get this victory, that would help their resume even more as they are fighting for their tournament lives as they are considered a bubble team. Some of the other scores around college basketball, Texas Tech defeats Baylor in a clash of two top Big 12 teams, and Gonzaga still unbeaten in the West Coast Conference by beating Pepperdine 86-66. Was that ever even a question? I remember in the early 2000s, these two West Coast Conference teams were huge rivals. Whatever happened to Pepperdine basketball? The days with their head coach from the late Paul Westfall, they had success in the 1970s, 1980s with Eddie Johnson. They had Doug Christie, Brandon Armstrong. They had 
talented NBA players, and Pepperdine basketball has not been the same. I don't know what it is. I lived in California. I knew all about Pepperdine. I remember being a fan of Santa Clara in the West Coast Conference and back in the 90s when they had Steve Nash and Pepperdine had Doug Christie. Looking at some other scores, UConn beats Seton Hall 70-65. to Purdue beats Northwestern 70-64. to Looking at ACC matchup, the Miami Hurricanes beat Louisville 70-63. to And Pittsburgh beats North Carolina in Chapel Hill 76-67. to North Carolina is in danger of not making this tournament. I know they're 18-8, and but they've had some bad losses. Georgia Tech will also play Pittsburgh this Saturday, and you can see that on the ACC Network. Looking at some of the local teams here in Georgia for NCAA Division II, Mercer got a win over ETSU, 65-56 over there in Macon, Georgia, and they are 15-13 overall as Felipe Hasi scored 17 points and Mercer will travel this weekend to take on Western Carolina. They still have one more home game next Wednesday night, senior night, taking on the Citadel. We had a huge upset in Olympic figure skating as Anna Sherbakova wins gold as her Russian teammate Kamila Velela falls to fourth place. The 15-year-old was a heavy favorite to win gold, but she stumbles across the gate. The state of figure skating for this country has not been good. It wasn't like it was was in the 90s with Tara Lipinski and Michelle Kwan and Christy Yamaguchi and Sarah Hughes. I mean, the U.S. would dominate this. Alyssa Liu finishes 7th, Maria Bell finishes 10th, and Karen Chen finishes 16th. I'm starting to wonder if we just don't send out the best athletes. Like, what happened to us dominating figure skating? So the Atlanta Hawks, on a rare back-to-back, does get the victory over the Orlando Magic 130-109. to I felt like this was a trap game, that this was a game they had to win because... They're playing one of the worst teams in the NBA. But it was on a back-to-back. They do get the victory. They're now 28-30, and and they are still in the 10th spot in the NBA playoffs. Trey Young scores 22 points. They got help off the bench from Bogdan Boganovich, who scored 23 points. And any time the Hawks can get production from players like Kevin Herter, from Anyeka Kongru with 12 points, Kevin Herter had 15, and the Atlanta Hawks will have a break. Right before the All-Star break, they close out the first half with a strong record, a two-game winning streak, and they will take on the Chicago Bulls next week. Some of the other NBA scores, we had some blown leaves in. We had some blown leads in the garden. The Brooklyn Nets come back from a 28-point deficit to stun the New York Knicks. I don't know how the Brooklyn Nets were able to get this done, but they're newcomers. Andre Drummond, 19 rebounds, 11 points. Seth Curry shot six three-pointers to get 20 points. And Cam Thomas off the bench with 21 points. If you're a Knicks fan, you've got to be embarrassed that your local rival came back from a 28-point deficit. There's nothing good on the horizon. Cam Reddish was a non-factor. 5 points, 13 minutes. Julius Randle had 31 points for the Knicks. But the Knicks, they've got to be the most disappointing team in the NBA. A surprising win by the Portland Trailblazers as they beat the Memphis Grizzlies 123-119. to John Morant, in his return, had 44 points. The Golden State Warriors lost to the Denver Nuggets at home 117-116. to As Monte Morris makes a three-point shot at the buzzer. 
The Warriors blew yet another fourth quarter lead. The Los Angeles Lakers were able to beat the Utah Jazz on national television 106 to 101 despite Anthony Davis leaving with an ankle injury. LeBron James had 33 points. And I'm starting to think now that the Lakers they're in the ninth spot in the playoffs. They're 27 and 31. They won't play until Friday, February 25th. So they got a lot of time to rest. I'm wondering how the Lakers feel about going into this all-star break because they're now playing like they are a desperate team. But even if they make the playoffs right now, I don't see them beating the Phoenix Suns and I don't see them beating the Golden State Warriors. I think they might give the Memphis Grizzlies a game. So the Lakers right now are hoping that they could get the sixth seed if they want to make noise in the playoffs. I still think they're going to hobble down the stretch, especially if Anthony Davis is going to be out for a while. All right, I will have Gabe Reynolds on the show tomorrow, and what we're going to do is we're going to have our midseason awards. And you'll be shocked to see who I have as my MVP. My MVP right now is DeMar DeRozan. I mean, has there been a player that has been as dominant as DeMar DeRozan has been as he breaks Wilt Chamberlain's record for another 35-point game and shooting over 50% from the field. He had 38 points as the Chicago Bulls beat the Sacramento Kings 125 to 118. DeMar DeRozan has been the biggest acquisition of the season, and he's my candidate for MVP. I think if the Bulls continue to win, DeMar DeRozan is going to be the MVP. More likely, they'll give it to Nikolai Jokic or Joel Embiid, but he is going to be my candidate for MVP. Rookie of the year, yeah, it's easy to give it to the number one pick overall. Cade Cunningham is having some good numbers this year, but what about the rookie that has been the biggest impact? It's got to be Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes has had the biggest impact on the Toronto Raptors. You've seen the difference on how the Raptors look this year compared to last. Your sixth man of the year, it could easily be Onyeka Okongru. I think it's going to be given to a player like a Malik Monk. I really don't know what the criteria is for sixth man of the year. Uh, most improved player, again, I think it's going to be Onyeka Okongru. Oh, we're having fun on this show. So the Atlanta Falcons release Dante Fowler Jr. And it got me thinking, what a disappointment that Fowler Jr. has been this year. Seven and a half sacks in two years. Before he came to the Falcons, he had 11 and a half sacks with the Rams. This was supposed to be the big off-season acquisition that was going to improve the Falcons' pass rush. Dante Fowler Jr. was the third overall pick in the 2015 NFL Draft by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a beast coming out of college, playing for the Florida Gators. Missed the entire 2015 season with an injury. Never really panned out in Jacksonville. I know he was part of that Saxonville team. He had eight sacks. But in 2018, when the Jaguars decided to clean house, they traded him to the Rams, and he had a bounce-back season in 2019 with the Rams. In two seasons with the Falcons, his first season, he wasn't even the leading sack leader with three sacks in 2020. And then this past year, he was the leading sack leader with four and a half sacks. Four and a half sacks. The Falcons' leading sack leader had four and a half sacks, which it got me thinking. I'm going to go back 11 years all the way to when the Falcons had a dominant pass rusher in John Abraham. But here, here's what the Falcons have to address in the offseason. They got to go get a dominant pass rusher. There's plenty of them out there. Go get a Von Miller type. I mean, if Alden Smith didn't have all his legal problems, they should go after Alden Smith. Randy 
Randy Gregory for Dallas. Right now, I know Arthur Blank is is a character guy, but if you want to win a Super Bowl, you've got to go get a dominant pass rusher. And I think that this is just this is shocking. I'm going back all the way to 2010. Here are the leading here are the leading sack leaders year by year for the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, starting with 2021, Dante Fowler Jr. had four and a half sacks. In 2020, Deion Jones, a linebacker, had four and a half sacks. In 2019, Vic Beasley had eight sacks. Remember, they brought Vic Beasley on. They thought that he was going to be the big pass rusher. They got him in a top five pick. He came out of Clemson. He was supposed to be the dominating pass rusher that they have desperately needed for a decade. He had eight sacks. It was kind of a a redeeming year. He didn't get along with Dan Quinn. He got released and he never was the same. 2018 under Dan Quinn's defense, Tack McKinley leads the team with seven sacks. Tack McKinley was also another defensive pass rusher that they got out of UCLA in the first round and they thought that they were going to have just dominant pass rushing with Vic Beasley on one side and Tack McKinley on the other. He never panned out. He got released and he now plays for the Browns and he hasn't really made an impact. 2017, Adrian Claiborne leads the team with nine and a half sacks. Okay, four of those sacks were in one game. It was when Tyron Smith went out with an injury for the Dallas Cowboys and the Falcons had a shocking win over the Cowboys and Adrian Claiborne had four sacks in that game. All right, so 2016, the Super Bowl year, it was Vic Beasley's best year and the Falcons had their best defense. Vic Beasley had 15 and a half sacks. Okay, he came out of nowhere. He had a much more improvement because if you look at 2015, Vic Beasley only had four sacks. Coy Beerman in 2014 only had four and a half sacks. This is when the Falcons defense was just awful. 2013, this was the big free agent acquisition. O.C. Umanyora had seven and a half sacks. Remember, this was the 4-12 and team, a very disappointing year, and Mike Smith was on the way out because that was his worst year as the Falcons head coach. 2012, the year they went to the NFC Championship and lost to San Francisco. John Abraham had 10 sacks. John Abraham in 2011 had nine and a half sacks. And John Abraham in 2010 had 13 sacks. So they haven't had a dominant, consistent pass rusher since John Abraham. The Falcons need to either address this in the draft or go to free agency and get somebody like an Adamican Sioux or a Solomon Thomas. It might also be scheme as well. You can get a dominant pass rusher, but if your scheme is not to rush the quarterback every time, then you're going to be in trouble. And I think the Falcons are going to be in trouble. So the Los Angeles Rams had their Super Bowl ticker tape victory parade in downtown Los Angeles yesterday, and I'm not impressed. They were showing pictures on Twitter on how attended this parade was. Wasn't very well attended. Look, you look at the Braves parade, almost more than a million people. You had the Georgia parade, which was huge. People that live in Los Angeles don't even care about the Rams. It's all about the Lakers and Dodgers. It always has, always will. And also that the Rams talking about how they're going to run it back next year. Well, that's going to be hard when you're $8 million over the cap and you have no draft picks for this upcoming draft. This is just one of those situations where nobody in Los Angeles cares. As the Winter Olympics comes to a close, I just want to say that the next big event is going to be World Cup Soccer. We are going to have 
major World Cup qualifying games in the month of March. I'll try to make sure to have Eric and Tanya on the podcast as guests. They are the soccer experts. And also, I might even bring over Matt Austin and Harrison Davis from the other podcast that I do called Columbus Rapids Weekly. That would be fun. Ah, this is going to be fun. I do have soccer experts. I'm trying to surround myself around soccer experts because I'm not a soccer expert, but I'm a play-by-play announcer. I did basketball, baseball, and football, and I got this job calling play-by-play for indoor soccer, and I'm learning the game as I go. I'm having fun doing it. It is going to be fun this weekend. Three games and three nights, starting Friday as the Columbus Rapids women and men's team will take on the Memphis Americans, and then on Saturday, it's Chick-fil-A night. We're going to have the Fayetteville Fury, and then on Sunday, it's Faith and Family Night. You bring a church bulletin in, you get half off off up to six tickets and they will take on the Rome Gladiators. So I will be doing play-by-play for all three games. Hopefully I could get Harrison Davis in there to do color with me, although he is going to be involved in that co-ed soccer tournament. We talked a little bit about that on the Rapids podcast yesterday. And I also had Tanya Chavez as a guest on the Rapids podcast. I know you're probably wondering, uh, she's not a Rapids player. No, she's an indoor soccer expert and she could be possibly a future Rapids player as she plans on trying out for the Rapids in the summertime. So good luck to her. The podcast is going great. I'm glad that I'm able to do this. And I really appreciate the station manager, Ryan O'Neill, for giving me this chance to have my own radio show on 99.1 FM, The Key. Stay tuned for Bryce Coon. He's coming up after me. Very talented guy. He's the play-by-play announcer for Georgia Tech Baseball. I got big shoes to fill. I know that his podcast is amazing. And I come on right before him. It's kind of a little bit of a warm-up. You know, I've fought follow Rick Smith, and then I'm right before Bryce Kuhn. Good, exciting stuff. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's show. Gabe Reynolds is going to be on, and that is always going to be fun. So on tomorrow's show, we're going to have a mock draft for the 2022 NFL Draft. We're going to have bracketology as we predict our brackets, as we are a month away from Selection Sunday. And we will also have the NBA Midseason Awards. So you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show with Gabe Reynolds. Well, that is all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that have downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. And I had fun doing this. So stay tuned for tomorrow's show. Hope everybody has a great day. Bye, everybody. Yeah, he's right. Uh, Let's try to win but not win by too much. Hey, we're up by seven, okay? Can't we just take it easy? Run the clock out? Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet! You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.